Hey, you. What's up, everybody? It is. I'm here today. It's me. It's DJ Dorsey. And Maya Dorsey. And this is another edition of the Dorsey Den podcast. Come on in. Sit your butts down. Let's have some dialogue. So today, no company. It's just us. And which is cool because I feel like this is going to be one of those check-in, check-up um, conversations. Because right now we are in, we're ending the month of September. Mm-hmm. This is the last week of September. Well, the last couple of days of September, yes. And we're going right into October. And it's almost like the leaves are already starting to change and yada, yada, yada. For those who are not in Ohio or in the Midwest states, here it gets cold. And the leaves change. And I'm not taking it for granted that everybody's leaves change because everybody's don't. Right. Because we actually have listeners all over. So um, the leaves change and it's kind of like, for me, it's kind of awkward because it's only September. I'm not used to this until like. Well, I mean, it's October. I mean. But I'm not used to this till like mid, late October. I feel like it's hitting, hitting us early this year. I don't think so. And we might get our fair share of winter because last year we was told we was going to have a bad winter. And this year, I mean, last year, I feel like it dodged Ohio. Because every Michigan, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Illinois, they got yeah, hit. Yeah, everybody got slammed, yeah. But it was like it bypassed. Like, we're surrounded by all those states, and it didn't hit us. It didn't. So maybe this year it's like, I'm about to let loose on y'all. So get yourself. Well, I mean, ready. fall has come like all of a sudden. I mean, it was just like it was. All of a sudden. It was like almost ninety degrees consistently, like upper eighties, and now like today is high. I, it was only like 62, 63. I think in the in night at night it's supposed to get like in the forties and the thirties um, this upper, weekend. So thirties. So we might have a little frost outside in the next you know few days, and um, the trees are turning colors yellow and. All kind of pretty autumn colors, and so stay we, frosty. So we are, um, we are quickly approaching <laughs> fall. So I don't think we're gonna wait until Halloween because typically around Halloween is when it's starting to get cold, cold. Where you're like, okay, yep, need to put my North Face on, need to, and we only, grab, gonna, you know, but and you tell the kids we only gonna do two blocks. We ain't going that far if you trick or treat. Oh yeah, <laughs> we I mean, ain't going one that year, far. One year we went, and I mean, it was freezing, and I was like, "Why did I do this? This is mm-hmm. stupid." <laughs> like, and then they want to have their costumes on, which aren't warm. Like y'all need to have y'all's North Face on up under that. Which yep. is so interesting because, like, growing up, we never celebrated Halloween. I think my parents did one time and dressed me up as a witch. <laughs> Um, I think that was just what they had. Something black and it was easy. And gave then gave you a broom and said, Go be about your business. Man. And then they got into church, um, like heavy. And like our church at the time did not I went to a Baptist church, did not believe in Halloween whatsoever. And um never did it again. Like we I had that one experience, I might have been like six and never did it again. So it wasn't something that I was really like wanting to do or look forward to do with our kids um still not a huge fan of halloween just because it's just so many crazy people out and it's just it has so many different meanings especially if you look at it from a spiritual sense but they have gone through they have participated in halloween yeah maybe about several years now maybe about three four years but see i feel like every holiday 
has diverted from the original. From the original. What does Halloween mean? Like, I, I don't even know what Halloween means, but I know so. growing up mm-hmm. in church myself, it was viewed as kind of like the devil's holiday. Yeah, it was like a demonic holiday. Yeah, so, so. everybody's dressed up in costumes and these are like. Especially when you were a witch and something crazy. Mm-hmm. But then when you even look at Christmas, you know, that was intended to be Jesus' birthday. And now, to me, to me Christmas makes no sense. To me. To me, it makes zero sense because it's supposed to be Jesus' birthday, but we have made it about shopping and buying people gifts and stuff. I kind of, I kind of get the synopsis of the season give, of giving, the season of giving. Yes, but I don't think it's about that anymore. Matter of fact, it's called now. Now to not offend anybody is Xmas, or just call say. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. So it's just to, like... To I, make it fit for everyone. But, you know, to me, I think it's what you make it. Um, exactly. I think it's what you make it. It's one of my... It is my favorite holiday. Um, I have many great childhood memories for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the time of the year that I really was able to get the stuff that I wanted. Um, but it came with... Big old Christmas dinner, all the family at the house. You are very traditionalist. I'm a, but, but I get that from my grand, my grandmother, and we usually went to my grandmother's house in Northern Ohio um, every Christmas, and she had the spread out. She had the Christmas chocolates out. She had the tree. She had the lights outside, lights inside, gifts under the tree. Um, you know, hiding stuff. She got into the Santa Claus spirit. I mean, she just did it up. Big old Christmas dinner. We just did it, you know. And so for me, it's a, a good holiday for me because of memories. And so that's a tradition that I've tried to pass on to the kids. And I mean, it's listen, it's fun. It's great for kids to have an imagination. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's like, a story when you write it when you're taught in school to write a story once upon a time there was a you know like you're taught to create be creative and have an imagination Mm -hmm. so you know christmas santa claus or whatever i think it's healthy for a child's imagination to um have something else to to you know believe in and to like motivate them and encourage them or inspire them i think that's fine i think as they get older you know of course it's like mom you know ain't no ain't no santa santa claus coming you know that's y'all that's you and daddy so i mean i think the kids now are at that age where they're like okay um i don't think santa claus is real you know and so it's like what what do you mean but i mean now noah's to the point he didn't bought in like he's been corrupted <laughs> so he's buying into jay saying there's no santa claus but i mean it was it was good years you know of them and i don't regret it i mean it was good years of them like okay santa's coming i have to be good you know all these different things so it's just good childhood memories for them and you know i think it's healthy i think it's healthy for children um to have different imaginations like me i'd be like it. go action mama Cause me, I don't play the game. I mean, you don't bar- you barely celebrate birthdays. So barely. you you're almost like you were raised Jehovah's Witness. Like you just don't believe in any like traditionalism whatsoever. It's not that Whereas I don't believe I, in it. It's not that I don't believe in it. I just don't. You don't participate. It. Uh. So what's the difference? You don't believe. You say you don't believe in all these different things. So what difference is it whether you don't participate or believe? Isn't it the same thing? No. So you believe in them and you just don't participate? Yeah. I believe 
there are certain things that I feel like are just man-made, like which is majority of the holidays. Yeah, that majority you feel. of them. So, like, and like, how do you believe in it? Like, and you I, don't participate. I, in I, it. I feel like, for instance, me and you have had our differences in our marriage, where there's been times where I forgot Mother's Day or something, and you would be highly offended. I'm like, well, I just Mother's bought you. Day, I just Christmas. bought you. I just bought you something last week. And I bought you something last month as a special gift. And you like, but it wasn't given to me on exactly. this day. And I'm like, what difference? But you, see, that, that's the difference between me and you. You're a traditionalist to where I'm like, look, if I don't give it to you on that day, it to you it doesn't count. To me, I'm like, it was the heart behind it's it. It's called dwell with your partner according to knowledge. I get that. And so if you know that's something I'm into, then it's like I expect for you to be into it with me. Now, you but my, this is my thing. Like if I'm asking you to get me a gift for Christmas, you expect for a, you to receive a gift for Christmas too. My thing is if you don't believe in it, then be like I don't want nothing for Christmas, but I know you do, so I got you something. Like it's like you want to benefit from it, but then you don't want to participate in it. So it's like, who you? It's like which one is it? You don't believe in Christmas. The I only holiday say, I didn't say I don't. I didn't say. Listen, you don't celebrate Christmas. You I don't said, get. You don't I'm not get a big person. I, listen. So what? What? What do you do with Christmas? What is your what? What does Christmas look like for you? For me, it's dinner with the family. Mm-hmm. But I can care less about a Christmas tree. I can give two. Crabs. And we have had knockout, almost knockout, drag out fights about you helping me put the Christmas tree and up. You know, to this okay. day, I, I just be like, you know what, that's y'all's thing. Because to me, it, it's you got to put it up to take it down, and it's a headache putting it up, and it's a bigger headache taking it it's down. It's not a headache. It's fun to put it up. Hey, hey, I'm, it's I'm, talk, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about me. I'm talking. So about how me. do you know it's a headache when you don't put it up? Because I've ha- I've helped before, and I hated it every time. But now that the kids are older, they help you. I'll be somewhere else, and then. Like, Christmas, it's not that I don't believe in it. It's just I don't participate in all the, to me, shenanigans that comes with it. To me, it becomes too stressful. You got to deal with family and getting everybody a gift and doing this. Like, to me, I didn't work too hard to 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 get to this point for it not to be stressful. Like, I just don't like all the other stuff that comes with it. I'm And one, I'm not a big traditionalist like you. Yeah. That, that's where me and you differ. Now, as I'm getting older, and this was the one year I'm like, I'm ready to celebrate my birthday. And as soon as my birthday came, the world shut down. Remember that? Yeah, but I mean, even with the whole, okay, I want to celebrate my birthday, for 16 years of being with someone, married to them, 17 and a half being with someone, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like that that looks different from years before? Like, I needed you to actually communicate. What are you expecting? Because I'm so used to you, and I told you caring I like, less yeah, about like, any people, of it. I'm like, just get some people together, and I'll be happy. Right. But then when I've tried to do surprise birthdays and other stuff before, it was like all my effort was kind of like, mm, you have to do all that for me. But I still enjoyed it. Yeah, but when you communicate with someone, eh, you don't have to do all that for me. I don't need all of that. Uh, I, so, I still enjoyed it, though. It, it's one of those things. But you didn't me. communicate that at the time. Like, babe, you know. It wasn't like I wasn't. I was laughing. I was having fun with everybody. I'm saying to me, like, when we had a conversation about it following, it wasn't like, babe, thanks for putting that together. Like, 
you know, you didn't have to, but I really had a good time. Like, it's not that communication. So it's like, for me, my takeaway, if somebody says, outside of this year, if someone says, okay, what do you, what do you want to do for Terrence's birthday? It's like, mm, Terrence don't really care about doing anything for his birthday. Now, so. what I do care about, though, and, and see, we have turned Christmas into our own tradition and something that works for both of us for the past couple of years. That ain't going to happen this year. It still might. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You don't even know what I'm about to say. I know. What? You about to say we have made it a tradition to go out of town for Christmas. We have made a tradition to go on a cruise for oh, Christmas. Excuse me. I stand corrected. But out of town. Yeah, we would leave. But this, but we haven't cruised every Christmas. We have gone out of town, though. But for the past two years, yeah. we've been taking cruises for Christmas. That's my point. But it ain't going to happen this year because of COVID. But... Stuff like that I look forward to. I'm I'm not a traditionalist in the fact of we have to do it the way everybody else is doing it. I'm like, let's do it in our own way. Um, and then too, you you know I'm big on now, one thing I don't miss on is anniversary. Like, we you're looking at me like Go ahead, I'm just listening with my eyes. Every year we have taken like for the past few years we've taken cruises for our anniversary. Or we would take a trip somewhere around our anniversary time yeah yes. around our like that and it was because our anniversary and your birthday is so close together mm-hmm. but you still want them to be separated absolutely but um just like if somebody had a birthday in december like my mom and sister both had birthdays in december they want birthday and christmas uh, so i mean i i celebrate in different ways like i'm not a traditionalist in the fact of Let's do it the way that everybody else does it, in a sense. I'm more of a, like, let's make it our own thing. I don't have to put up a Christmas tree in order to celebrate Christmas. Now, I've never rejected being like, let's have some family over. Let's go over to some family's house. I'm like, let's go. Because I know that's something that we look forward to. Thanksgiving has always been like, let's go. Most Thanksgivings, because of my job, I always had to work the day at, well, I used to didn't have to work the day after, but once I started having to work the day after Thanksgiving, like y'all would get up and go to um, what's it called Black Friday, Black Friday shopping. Like I got to go to work. Like for whatever reason, I get all the other federal holidays off, but for whatever reason, we we stop. They stop giving us the day after Thanksgiving. So what I started doing is I would take a week for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Every year I try to get a week for Christmas off. So in my mind. I view holidays differently. I'm just not a traditionalist. It's not that I don't like them. It's just I'm not a traditionalist. I'm just not for sure, like, what's the difference? Like, if I don't like it and I'm not a traditionalist and I don't like participating in them, like, what difference is it? I don't, when it comes to gift giving, I'm not participating in that because it becomes too stressful. Now, we can get together as a family, have dinner. To me, there's no. Which is what I have advocated since. So, going back. Since we got married, mm-hmm. because I am a traditionalist, I have always been a big proponent of us having both sides of the family, your family and my family together. Mm-hmm. I am one, I was one, I'm a little bit less now, that anytime something was going on, I was having a dinner, come over, I'm going to cook, your side of the family can come, my side of the family can come, friends come, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've always been like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a shock for you and your family because that was something that I was a big 
Like, we're going to get together. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, we're going to go to such and such house, and then we're going to leave the other family behind. No. We're going to be at this place. Both sides of the family is invited to this place. And a lot once the kids whoever were come, born. Whoever comes, whoever don't, don't. We'll see you next time. But when the kids were born, it was really important to start having stuff at the house to create traditions and memories for the kids in their environment. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I would cook Christmas dinner, for example. Friends would come over. Both sides of the family come over or whatever. So I've been really intentional and consistent about making sure that that was done. I think you have bought into it. Mm -hmm. And you have become, like, accustomed to that. But that was something that you were like, okay, this is different. Okay, you know. Not necessarily because you got to think. My mom's side of the family. Yeah, but I'm talking about with us. We was not just getting together just with your mother, your parents, and your family just because, because you initiated it. If it was like a family reunion, then maybe we would go with you for a family reunion. Mm -hmm. So that whole big house experience was something that you did as a single man. It was not something that we did with you being married. Right. That's because my aunt died, and she was the one who put all that stuff together. But growing up, I had those experiences. Thanksgiving, right. Thanksgiving at the big house, that's what we did. Uh, and really, it could be any given Sunday that we was all down there. Mm -hmm. My mom is one of 13, so I got family out the wazoo on my mom's side. My dad's side was only four of them. But I got cousins after cousins, after cousins, after cousins, after cousins, one of 13, and they all had kids, and their kids have kids. Like, I'm almost more closer to my second cousins than I am my first cousins in some cases. But I did grow up doing things with the family. But, see, for me, I was a homebody, too. So I stuck around home a lot. I was a homebody, and I was a mama's boy. So I kind of was like, I just want to go home. I just want to be home. So... And in some ways, you're still the same. Yeah. And so, like, I think I had this expectation meeting this guy who has, who's one of 10 kids, who has a mother that's one of 13 and has this huge family. I'm expecting for it to be family all the time everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this is different. This expectation is different. But I'm close to my family. Mm -hmm. So it was like, well, they don't do that. and But we do. And but so, as you see, some of my family does do it. And we go to Now, some, I mean, just in the last year, yes. But, but they've been doing it. We just got, we just started going You too. wasn't really but see, here's, engaging but like in I it said, again. Like I so said, it's like, but like I said, I was the homebody. So while everybody else was gathering, I was like, I want to go home. The, there was gatherings happening within my family that I just didn't take part of because I was like, that's my point. I want to go home. So, I mean, even now as an adult, I mean, there was gatherings that were going on because mm -hmm. I remember Tanel was like, we've been inviting y'all. I said, well, you should have called me. He was like, I've been telling T. And I'm like, well, he ain't told me nothing. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. It's like a part of you that is so like secluded that you stuff can be going on, but you may not participate. But see, here, so, here, here's the I thing, too. And it's not that I have anything against people. Uh, I was saying something to you earlier as far as because I'm such a people person, I have to escape to my own corner. Because I'm all... Now, ever since I was a kid, up until now, I love being around people. But it's kind of like I like being around people during business hours. <laughs> 
I mean, I, seriously. Almost and like being around people, but then it's kind of like. It's like Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Yeah. And then that's it. Then and then after, like, that, after that, I'm like, I need to go into my own corner to escape, to rebuild my energy. Because I'm like, I didn't been putting off for a while now. So, um, but as I'm getting older, as I'm getting older. In the last 12 months. As I'm getting older, <laughs> I am starting to appreciate being around family more. Which is why, like, even with my cousin Chanel and Tanel, I'm like, I tell them often, like, yo, I really appreciate what you all are doing because I need this. To the point, and I think I told them, I got invited to an event by a very, very well-known person and I was like, uh, to DJ. And I was just like, nah, I want to be with my family. And that was a huge step for me. And I was tired, too. I was tired enough to want to go home, but I still stuck around with my family. You know what I mean? Right. I, but I think the bigger point that I'm trying to make is that while you're a people person and while you come from a large family, I think I'm more of a traditional traditionalist in the sense of, Wanting to have family around more, mm-hmm. you know, creating new customs and traditions. Because even with the whole Christmas thing, it was like, let's start going somewhere for Christmas. I mean, you bought right in because it was like, well, no, you said that too because you was tired of trying to. Organize. I was, I, I was tired of being. I'm the organizer of the family, mm-hmm. and you got tired of just being like, you know what? It was becoming stressful from both sides. Like, yeah, like who's going? Are you going to come here? Are you going to come there? So you my was parents like, are divorced. So yes. you was like, you know what? Let's start taking our trip and, and just making memories with our kids and making memories with our kids. Yeah. And then it was like, look, we're going here. If, if y'all, y'all want to go, come, yeah, come. That's where we're gonna be. And last year. My mom actually came. Yeah. I was so happy. And my mom came. I was so happy. <laughs> um, my mom came, my niece came, um, and then our two kids. I mean, so, yeah. You know, for me, being the one that's organizing the Thanksgiving, I don't mind cooking. Like, I, I it's not a... It's not a burden for me. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when it comes to, like, organizing sometimes it gets frustrating because it's like y'all can't do nothing like okay i don't mind doing some of it but do i have to do the whole thing and as i get older i'm starting to get push away from yeah as i get older i'm like no like y'all do some of it and then i'll meet y'all halfway i don't i I guess because i'm older and i'm tired and i have more responsibilities but see i think too and this is something i've been seeing you do probably within the last year two years every time something goes on whether it's with family or friends everybody looks to you yeah like my what we gonna do i mean to the point it's like can you book me a flight why you can't book a flight everybody comes to you for you to do it and now you're starting to push back like no you do it because everybody has the same technology in their pockets the same i mean seriously they're like well you but you find a better deal i do not like i'm gonna find what you find and you know i think i think I don't know. I, I'm i trying to figure this out. I, I think some people be like, oh, man, y'all balling out of control. You really don't know how we be vacationing. I mean, I'm a deal. I'm a I'm a I'm a deal. We will find person. You will find. This. I'm going to find a deal. And to be quite I'm gonna honest, find a coupon or something. And to be quite honest, uh, quiet is kept. Loud is kept. As <laughs> our vacations probably within the last five years 
was because of the fruit of us going <laughs> to those things that I hate, but it worked out, which mm-hmm. is those um, sales presentations. It's vacation clubs. I mean, we like, hustled we got, them. We got, inv- we got invited to participate in a vacation club mm-hmm. by a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And she's like, just check it out and see if you like it or whatever. And then, like, from and there. And I was already turned off because when we went to Gatlinburg after we got married. Oh, yeah, that was like seven years before we started doing it again. Oh, my God. Those. Well, let me go get my manager. Timeshare presentation. Yeah, the timeshare. And uh, I was turned off from it. So when when they told us about that and you told me, it was like, hey, they want us to go to Vegas. And it's yeah, like, and I was, she was like. like and, but my friend was like, she's older, but she's kind of bougie. So I knew it wasn't like no janky stuff because she just, no, like that's not her. So I was like, okay. I was like, she's telling me to do it. And she invited, had them, you know, call us or whatever. And I was like, okay, we're going to try it. And then from there, it's like they offer you one thing after another. I will not say that's all, that's the only way we travel, but, but it was a, a lot of them. A, a lot, lot of, of them. over the last few years, we have been able to benefit from mm-hmm. some of them. But we have paid out of pocket for other stuff. Other stuff too. But like, like I'll never forget, we went to Vegas, had to sit through what was it a ninety minute presentation, mm-hmm. and boy, that was the one I actually felt bad because I cut that lady off so quick. <laughs> I don't even say anything anymore. I guess look at you. Like, I cut her off so he quick. He said no. And then I guess you like, I'm going to be the bad person. Cool. I'm oh, like, yeah, we, he, I'm like, he said no. Yeah, we would, we would say, all right, who's bad cop, who good cop. But one time, usually you the bad one, I'm the good one. This time I went in there as the bad one, like, lady, we just here for the vacation. And they get you for like 10 seconds, like, babe, that do sound like a good deal, though. Like, that's affordable. Now, we the one, it was, it was when we was in Orlando. No, it was Orlando. And because of Orlando, we went to New York. Okay. So it was through Marriott. Mm -hmm. And it was no, 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 no. But you need to say no because they're going to get you down to the bare bottom price. And I'm telling you. Right. But hold on, hold on. So it was no, no, no. And then the guy was like, well, for how about for, what was it, like 1200 bucks A year. No, 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 no. It wasn't a year. It was like for one time. For twelve hundred bucks, or it was either twelve hundred thousand or something. He was like, "We'll bring you back here to this Marriott Resort, oh, he did say that. and we'll put you on a what was it a five day cruise, something." And I was like, "No," I was like, "Wait a minute, say that again." <laughs> it was. It was like, "Wait a minute." So we this was Christmas. We went down there for Christmas, mm-hmm. and that was to me to this day one of my favorite places that we stayed was at that Marriott Resort in Orlando. Yeah, it was because nice. it was like a condo. Mm-hmm. Had a, a kitchen, two bedrooms, everything. Kids had their own bedroom. We had sure. our own That's bedroom. That's where we need to be going this Christmas. Right. That would be perfect. So we did that, and the guy was like, we'll bring you back, and you got to come back within a year or something. We ended up going back six months later, mm-hmm. and then when we did that, we was able to redeem the cruise, and then we went on a – that's what we – and then six months later, we went on a carnival cruise for the, for the kids' first cruise. That was all a result of $1,200. That wasn't for them. Yes, it was. That Carnival Cruise was not from yes, him. Yes, it was. They booked, They gave us a royal um, certificate. No. Then when we went to Hilton in New York, they gave us a royal no, certificate. Babe, we paid for the Carnival out of our pocket. No, we did not. I'm a thousand. I'm, per, I'm a thousand percent. When we were on sure. the Sensation. Yes, we got that through Marriott. Mm-hmm. I still got the paperwork upstairs. No, and then never. when we went to the Hilton in New York. They gave us a voucher, and that's how we went on Royal Caribbean for our first time. Yeah, I remember that part, the Royal Caribbean. So the but Carnival one was through Marriott. And, and then the, last year, when we, we did, paid on our own. 
Well, we, then you got to think. We went to Carnival. We went on the Royal Caribbean six months apart. Mm-hmm. We did so many vacations. You probably, I don't know. You, you're probably, we did Marriott. Because some of them we paid out of pocket ourselves fully. Yeah. And then some of them were that vacation was, clubs. So yeah. I'm like, they're all running together right yeah, now. Yeah, but I'm saying the one that we did for Christmas that we took the kids on was through the Marriott. Okay. So, and then when we did the, our first Royal Caribbean, it was through Hilton. So we took them deals and ran with it. Like, $1,000, $1,200, sign me up. Yeah, and just added on to them and then just trying to make an extended vacation. Like, and, it, and it was like they was putting us up in nice hotels. We stayed at the Hilton Midtown in Manhattan. That was fabulous. And then we stayed at that Hilton in Vegas that was like, I forget the... Uh, uh, Alora. Alora. Elora, and that mug was like, I felt like I walked up in there it was like they say this is a big rich town. Yeah, it was. It was like a. I mean, it, it was, was like, like a condo a, up on yeah. the twentieth floor, yeah, like a it penthouse. Nice. It was a penthouse, just about yeah. But you had to go sit through a ninety minute presentation. But I'm like, yeah, nope, nope, nope. Let us go. Yeah, I don't care what y'all trying to sell us. So, and imagine if we would have bought that during this time in COVID. We'll be ticked. I mean, I hope people are able to roll their points and stuff yeah, over. Probably, I, hope I hope so. But um, and that was the other thing. Like now, we are actually up against a decision, and we're we both was kind of like leaning toward the same thing, which is the kids had to do remote learning from home for the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Now the school is like we're going to open up, and what is it like four days? They do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Stay home on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So starting like. October thirteenth, October fifteenth and sixteenth is like their so, soft opening, and then like the nineteenth school will start. Yeah. So at first I was like, eh, eh. and with Jade, I wasn't really worried about her. Is Noah, and then when you said it today, like they got the tonsils taken out, I'm like, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So that should cut down on some of the stuff, but it's like we hope, you know. But. Nothing's guaranteed. You still Mm-mm. hope, you know, Mm-mm. that their immune systems are strong enough to resist it. But, you know, I guess the conversation was, do we send them back to school? Or do we keep them at home to do remote learning? Mm-hmm. And listeners can probably tell by the sound of my voice, I'm tired, <laughs> you know. And so just helping, you know, before we started recording today, helping my son, our son, um, finish up some homework from earlier today or classwork from earlier today, which has become night work, you know, because it's like, I'm not here in the daytime with him. You're here with them, but you're working. So, you know, it's, it just, it just piles up into the evening. And so like last night, 10 o'clock sitting on the bed, trying to go through his work, trying to make sure he posts a picture, trying to make sure he record himself, making sure he uploads the stuff that he's supposed to. Upload. And so it's a challenge. You know, I'm looking at Jay. She has a couple of assignments that she turned in late, um, trying to stay on top of her. Why is your assignments late? What are you doing? What are they? And I mean, it's becoming like, mentally and emotionally exhausting and so when the option came up because I guess Jay told you a couple days ago that um, the school district was talking about Mm -hmm. going back in person I hadn't heard it yet but sure enough you know the news reported it yesterday morning like okay the school district is going to have a meeting tonight talking about rather to um, reopen school and boom the email comes this afternoon like hey this is the plan then after that is like a Google form comes like, uh, please make your choice. 
So I'm did like, did you do that Google form? I did not complete it yet because okay. we hadn't talked. But I'm like, okay, they're giving us no time, which I guess is no time to waste to make a decision on whether they stay home or whether they go to school. I can see all the parents right now, though. They probably like putting their foot they in like, their kids' butts and like, get click. out. They're going. But for me, you know, honestly, um, I struggle because while kids have done well first quarter um, in school, like some of the schools around our area has um, private schools and a couple of local city schools have decided to do in-person classes this first quarter and have had very few cases of COVID um, or yeah. none. And I told you one particular school that I want to go visit. They, yeah. I, t- I sat in the principal's office and he was like, we haven't had any But cases. they're wearing masks every day, right? They're wearing masks, but I was the, I, I got there and it's a K through 12 school. So when I got there, um, they were switching classes and I'm looking of course, the kids going to be kids, and some of them forgot to put their mask on, and um, yada, yada, yada. See, I that's think- exactly what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid for our kids to let their guards down and kids in general to start letting their guards down mm-hmm. and not wearing their masks, not washing their hands, not being as um, cautious as they are being currently. And I know they have. I know the kids got a responsibility to be cautious. I'm curious what's going on behind the scenes with the cleanliness. Like, are, are the teachers mandated because i know the janitors are doing what they need to do yeah but are the teachers like are they putting more guidelines on the teachers like look all you teachers need to keep some clorox wipes in your classroom and mm-hmm. every every hour you need to be wiping and passing I, like i wonder i don't know what those i mean for i don't me, know what that looks like for me as a teacher and one of my general routines was and i know a lot of my teacher teaching friends too to keep your own self healthy mm-hmm. was when class was over at the end of the day, I would spray. Usually, I would have a Lysol, not Lysol, a um, bottle, a Clorox bottle, like a bleach mixed with water, mm-hmm. and I would spray down the desk, spray down the doorknob, spray down, you know, all surfaces that I could, and then maybe spray Lysol into like the pencil boxes and kind of rotate them or whatever. But that was like my own routine. Right. So, so I wonder what it is now. Yeah. But so like. What's if, the mandated routine? Yeah. If it's not mandated between. Now they claim. They claim that between classes, you know, they have to sanitize or whatever. I guess the teachers have to sanitize or the kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. But my thing is everything's always. You always start good. You know, being consistent. Okay. We're doing it. Okay. Yeah. Name and then no you cases. start letting your guard down. Mm-hmm. And then you start. Okay, well, we're not going to clean this time. We didn't have time. We ran out of class. We we don't have time. Okay. And then it's like, now, boom, now we're in a situation. So, mm-hmm. you know, while the cases have been reported very low um, for yeah, this been, first quarter. I know around here, I haven't really heard about. I mean, there's been a couple outbreaks, but it's very been a low. a couple. Yeah. But you cannot, you cannot make quarter, you can't take quarter one's outcome and make a prediction for quarter two. Because quarter two is dead smack in the middle of cold and flu season. Ooh. And so while quarter one has been, you know, pretty low risk, mm-hmm. you know, Dr. Fauci was clear. I seen him on an interview like, buckle down. Like, it's coming. Like, yeah. we about to really hit the second wave of this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, second wave? God, we already in the second wave. But he's like, no, hunker down because... 
get ready. Cold season. And so literally, that's, literally a cold season. Like yeah, I mean like flu, is, is cold, flu everything. and cold season. And so, you know, last year, last probably around third quarter, yeah, right around when COVID hit, the kids' schools were closing around here because of the flu. Um, really, like, when we came back from Christmas break, it was like, as soon as they got back, they were, like, closing for... Um, they closed the day for, for cleaning. For cleaning because of the flu outbreaks. And we was like, that's weird. But <laughs> looking back, I mean, they that claimed... Was, that was COVID. They claimed COVID, didn't, COVID wasn't on the scene at the time, but I believe it was. Um, so who knows? But, you know, as a parent, you think about that, too. And one thing that we talked about, I'm not a... Um, really a big believer in the flu vaccine. Um, yeah, you, you I know that's I know that's very shocking to some people. Like, you don't get the flu shot. Mm-mm. I don't get the flu shot um, because when I was growing up, excuse me, my mother used to work for the health department, and so she was a big believer in me and my sister going to get our flu shots. And so I would get the flu shot because, flu shot because that's what she told us to do. And oh, I mean, so you've, you've had it before. Oh, I mean, I grew up getting the flu shot. I didn't know that. Yeah, I grew up getting the flu shot because that's what my mom told us to do. But I will always get the flu. And so I started, like, calculating. It's like, why the heck am I going to keep getting this doggone flu shot? And every time I get it, I get the flu. Right. You know, it wasn't, like, a preventative thing for me. Like, I was getting it. I'm like, I could take my chances getting it without well, getting a shot. Mm-hmm. So as I got older, I just stopped getting a shot. And... I think maybe I've had the flu a couple times as an adult, but it's just like, okay, one strand of the flu, the vaccine helps with, but then you get the vaccine and you get a different strand of the flu. Oh, it's resistant to. And so it's like, it's not guaranteeing that you don't have a, the flu but i guess what they say is it shortens the cycle of the flu mm-hmm. if you get it if you have the vaccine you know what so I, this is kind of switching the subject a little bit right but before you switch i want to talk about why it's a conversation at all which is because i'm considering was considering of the kids getting the flu mm-hmm. flu shot sorry for them getting the flu shot so that's why i'm like okay Let's have this conversation because if they're going to, if we make the selection for them to go to school, mm-hmm. should they get the flu shot to build up their defenses, air quote, um, and give them a little bit more resistance than them not having the flu shot at all and going to school? Will it help them? Will it not? Right. It's the big question mark. Um, I was talking to friend of ours one of our neighbors we was at the pool talking this was back in the summer mm-hmm. and he had said something that had me thinking and then about a week ago dr oz was on the breakfast club and dr oz said something right around the same along the same lines of what our neighbor was saying which is ryan and the nature of what ryan used to do with his job, he dealt with certain certain people within certain industries, and one of them was within the health uh, health industry. And they were explaining to him, and he he said this was some, like three, four, five years ago. There's not enough data for black people within 
the health industry Mm-mm. and why we need to it, it was kind of interesting I'm trying to break it down the best way that I can best way he told me basically it boils down to this there's not enough data on black people within the medical industry because black people have a distrust with the medical industry dating all the way back to the Tuskegee um, uh, and dating uh, back beyond that uh, Tuskegee experiment uh-huh. so I heard Dr. Oz jump on when he was on a breakfast club they was talking about the uh, the the COVID vaccine the mm-hmm. uh, corona vaccine is that what they call it, the COVID vaccine mm-hmm. so he was a lot of people was like they're not getting it and he was like we need more black people to get it to see how it works with black people, how it's going to work with white people. But we, he said it's pretty much same thing Ryan was saying he heard years ago. There's so much low data on black people within the medical industry because black people just don't trust. Yeah, the distrust with the medical, well, the, the American medical system. Yeah, so it, that's kind of interesting to me because I know just as a black person, we've heard people with our distrust because of the Tuskegee experiment. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of concerning and it's kind of eye-opening a little bit too because it's like, what don't we know about ourselves? Because obviously there are certain things that different races of people can catch because of their race. For instance. For instance. Shingles. I know black people can get it, but I think it's more, I think it's very rare in black people than it is versus white people to get shingles. No, it's not necessarily true. I think it's just a matter of shingles. They said it's almost like it's genetic, kind of like something in your body. Like shingles is in every one of us. If we had chicken pox, they like you can get shingles. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is that it activates certain things, triggers the activation in certain people's bodies. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't activate in other people's bodies. So it's not really about a race thing. It's more of like, how is how is the virus sitting in your body? Like, yeah, I could be dead wrong. It, it's yeah. some, I, I could so be dead wrong. I don't think that's real. I don't think that's real. It, it might not be shingles, but it's something that. I mean, like sickle cell, for example. Sickle is, cell, yeah. Yeah, sickle, sickle cell, cell is primarily for, you know, prone in African That's a good example. Yeah. So sickle cell is something that you're going to see more in black people. And you're not going to really see it in too many other races like that. You know what I mean? Right. So, I don't know. It, it's kind of interesting to see what the future of this vaccine is going to be. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, most of the black people that I know are already like, it's a no. It's, it's a, a hard no. no for me. It's a hard no for me, too. Yeah. I'm one because of the Tuskegee. I'm one because of the Tuskegee experiment. And then, too, we don't, this thing is being rushed. I'm like... I'm going to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I'm going to watch y'all first and then see how y'all do. Because it's just, it's too new. And that's why they were saying that it it, it really should take about a year to 18 months or more Mm -hmm. before you really like, okay, cool, put it on the shelf, it's safe. Mm -hmm. Because even though you have a sample size, a population that you're testing, it's still so many different, I mean, everybody's body is different. And so you need hundreds of thousands of people to be vaccinated to see what their experiences are before you can say definitively, oh, it's safe for everybody. You know what I mean? So it's going to take years 
for that to happen. Let's just say even with a vaccine, let's say a vaccine is available January 1st. In order for that vaccine to really have critical mass in this country, it's going to take almost a year for it to get around Mm -hmm. to really vaccinate a critical mass number of people before you can feel like we have herd immunity. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's going to take time. And really I heard the end of like the beginning of 2022 is like when it's going to be the most safe for us to go back to our air quote, air quote normal, because it's going to take that time for it to populate and go around and tested and reactions and all these different things. And then I hear the virus is breaking off into other strands. So trying to make sure well, the that corona has been around for years. I know, but I'm saying like they're saying that COVID-19 is breaking off into other strands. Well, and so well, COVID-19 is a strand. Because well, yeah, you're right. It is a strand. Yeah. But I, I mean, guess what I'm saying is like it's multiplying even that mm-hmm. to newer influenza <laughs> strands. Because, I mean, from my understanding, Corona has been a discussion since, like, 2005. I mean, I, I, I if I'm not mistaken, but and I'm tired. Co- but COVID-19 is the strand that we're in right now, which is actually causing a pandemic. But there's been strands that's been named before, but it just wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Because, like, the flu is a form of this, right? I think they said something about the flu, and I'm tired, so I can't this, remember. This, but I think the is, flu is something like this is re- it's a this, sister this, to I'll this. I would say it's a very close yeah, cousin. Yeah, it's okay. like a first cousin, I believe, yeah. um, to this. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of people's argument is being like. Even with this pandemic, they like the flu is killing people every year too. Mm-hmm. And I think, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've been hearing, the the, uh, the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. That happened in 1918 was a big thing that kind of shut everything down. Mm-hmm. And the flu has been around or influenza has been around, but that was the thing that kind of like broke it open in a sense. Like, okay, it's a problem uh, and it's a pandemic. So stuff was shut down from like 1918 to like 1920 before stuff got back to normal. And it's kind of like, in my mind, side note, dang, that was back then. It seemed like we should have been more prepared for it by now. A yeah. hundred years later, but um, it took it took them like two years to get back to regulation. Mm-hmm. And then they said after those two years is over, there was so many parties going around, and that's when I come in. Anywho. Um, okay, disciple. But you know what? Who? Disciple. What'd you say? Yeah, one of Jesus' 12 disciples to, to get the party started. Go ahead. No, I'm talking about because I'm a DJ. That's I know. Oh. Uh, that's when the party's going to start. I do believe, though. Why are you called the party instigator? You didn't miss the whole thing. Because oh, I what? got you. Okay. Because um, Jesus was the first original party okay, instigator. Okay, and that's what I said. Okay, disciple. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a tired, sleepy joke. Okay, well. <laughs> wonk, wonk. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I think, I think one of the big things that people are looking at this is like, shoot. The flu is killing people, thousands and thousands of people a year. Oh, so yeah. what's the difference between Corona? And I think I now now that we are months after all this stuff, because you know me, when this first up, when this first kicked off, I came front. I was struggling, I was struggling, and I will communicate that to you. Like 
I was struggling being home. It I felt like I was on punishment. And everything was stripped away from me. I couldn't go into the office. I had to work from home. All my DJing gigs was just cancellation after cancellation after cancellation after cancellation. And I'm stuck at home. Like, you going to the store felt like risking your life. Oh, yeah. Like, we in um, almost a whole hazmat suit. Yeah. Trying like, to go to the grocery store and, and was, then washing all the groceries when we oh get Oh, my here. God. Don't know what canned good is what because the label is washed off you. Mm. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So, we, it, it's like we didn't really laxed up. And I think we've become, there's been more information. But it was so much information flying around that we didn't know what was what. <laughs> like, I was scared to go to the hospital. Oh, you was boo-hoo crying. Literally. And I fell for you because I'm like, stepping outside this house felt like risking your life based on information. Because I kept having, like, chest pain and heart breathing. I'm like, what is going on? The doctor's like, I think you need to go in. I'm like, oh, my God. Can, can the doctor come over here? Man. <laughs> I, and you was like, you want me to take you? Like, uh, no. We don't both need to be. And the crazy thing was when you went to the doctor, the hospital that's close to us, they said they ain't been seeing no COVID patients. No, and she said we have not seen not one. She said we have all our staff on standby. We have not seen not one. And when I and this is in a hospital, hospital, it's a full blown hospital, full and blown I, emergency room, yes. baby ward, yes. full blown hospital. Yes, and, and when they, I, like, they ain't seen one. When I went in there, I just walked in. And this was granted. this was May. This yes. was May that you went. Yeah. When you told me that, I, my mind was like, and I already had stuff going through my head, conspiracies. I'm like. Oh. I mean, it was a full, I mean, it was a full blown hospital, and I mean, nobody was up in there, at all. And I was like, "Have you been seeing cases?" She was like, "Not at all, nobody." I was like, "Wow." So, mm-hmm, you know. But see, and I think looking back, I don't know, but I'm like, maybe certain people, maybe people went to certain hospitals. I don't know. That but, hospital is a little like tucked back, low key. You know, it's, it's not it's, it's not though. a main it's not like the Dayton's like primary hospital. But yet either. still, if an emergency truck comes and an ambulance comes, I mean how that's they were saying bo- how they how they were saying bodies are falling, you expect every for hospital was gonna be running over book to capacity, yeah. But see, I think and I'm gonna have to ask some of our doctor friends that we know that work in like Miami Valley or um Kettering. Kettering. Premier. So, yeah, some of these other ones, what they look like back then. But I think the big major cities like New York was such an epicenter, based on what we've seen on the news. Now, I don't know how true now, – now, I've heard of some nurses. I know some nurses that actually went from Dayton to some of these other cities, and they was, like, getting on their Facebook Live and stuff. It was like, look, y'all, from what I'm seeing, y'all need to stay home. But I think where I was, like, confused is I'm hearing these nurses that's going to these other cities. And you hearing people saying stuff in these other big cities, like especially, like, New York. New York just seemed like an epicenter. And they were the epicenter. I mean, they really were. They were leading in cases. But to see New York go from that to where New York is now, like, <laughs> New York. Leave, they leaving New York. I mean, no, but I'm saying New York's cases are, like, I don't even think they're having a whole lot of new cases. Like, they have been able to get it under control. Mm-hmm. And New York is one of them overpopulated places. And so that's what I'm saying is, like, you see other countries, they have zero new cases. And it's like, okay, well, what are we not doing that we need to do to get it to the point where 
we're in a position like these other countries in some of these major cities to be able to get their numbers down to almost barely none, Mm -hmm. you know, or just very, you know, very few. So I, but that's my question. Has the virus died down because it's been warmer or because have we become immune to just hearing herd immunity or is it because the season has calmed down yeah, and it's, now it's about to come back, like roaring back. I don't when this know. happened, this was dead smack in the winter. The end of winter. Well, the end of winter. That we was experiencing, but a lot of people felt like they had it before the world shut down. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, Noah had it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think a lot of people, it. like for for some of these school districts around here, even our school district, shutting down for a day, I remember we was all scratching our head like, I ain't never the seen kids don't like have this. school so they can clean the building. It what? was like, what the heck? But I remember Jay's teacher being, no, Noah's teacher was out for like four or five days. I'm like, your teacher's still not back? Mm-hmm. He like, no. And then shortly after that, that's when it shut down. Yep. So it but, was, that's when the weirdness start. And we was hearing about Corona. Because I remember even Jay was like, one of the boys in my school said he got Corona. I was like, what the heck was he doing in school today then? But you know kids just be talking. But now it's like, oh boy, it's it's crazy, it's super crazy. But um, I feel like we're about to enter into a season where it's like, I ain't got just one eyebrow up. I got both eyebrows up, just kind of like looking like, um. So all we can do is pray. Put these kids, make sure they be on their vitamins. Getting a plenty of rest. So are we sending them back to school? I, I I'm for it. I'm for it. I think when you found it, when you said, well, they had their tonsils pulled, because Jay was the one who really didn't get sick. I'm like, me and Jade are like alike. We really don't get sick like that. You and Noah are the ones who like somebody sneeze across the street, y'all pick it that's up. That's a lie. Okay, somebody sneezed across the room. That's a that's a lie for me. Now Noah is the one we all sitting up here and for Christmas break, all in the house together for the whole Christmas, and he pop up with, with the flu. Like, dude, you've been home for a whole ten days, like or or a strep throat. How did you get the flu and we all up in here? Nobody else has it but you. Mm-hmm. Like, where have you been that you got the flu and we don't have it? Yep. So for me, I used to be. Like that before you got before I got my tonsils out because I was teaching and I was every bug the kids had I had Mm -hmm. but once I got my tonsils out I mean I get sinus infections yes I get ear infections I'll get an upper respiratory infection but all of that's kind of like allergy and sinus related I haven't knock on the wood I have not had strep since I had my tonsils out Mm -hmm. seven years ago. Mm Um, so I don't know. The doctor really felt like it was going to be beneficial for Noah, especially for Noah. So fingers crossed. I hope and pray, you know, it is. So we are, I'm, I'm for sending them back. I just think we're literally making this decision now. Like Like, literally. literally. That's why I'm I'm really asking. Like, so are we sending them back? I, I was, and I told you before I was already like leaning toward the yes because I'm like, they need that social interaction. They need that. They need that structure of day-to-day sitting in the classroom, getting instruction from the teacher. Because sitting at home, 
sitting at home. We will see one boy on Noah's Zoom. No, he be sleep every day. I every said, I know he didn't fail this quarter. Day, like I no- mean, on the couch with the pillow and the blanket, tucked with between the, his knees, with the camera facing him, gone, knocked out. Like every day though. And I'm like, that little... Where's his parents? Right. Where's his parents? I mean, and even if they're not in the house, she had... The teacher didn't had to see, like, send yes. a message or something like, hello, look at the video. That like, he sleeps every day. was taking naps. So... And I told... So today I go on my way out because I leave, like, when the kids get on cla- get in class. So on my way out, Noah got the blanket wrapped around him like he a mommy. I said, listen, let me tell you something. You probably get that from me because that's the way I'll be down. I there. said, let me tell you something. If you don't take that blanket off, I said, you better go put on a sweatshirt. But you're not about to be sitting up there in that camera looking like a mummy with this blanket around you, getting nice and cozy to go to sleep. I don't think so. Take that blanket off and go put you on a sweatshirt. Okay, mommy. Like, dude. No, no, be doing some backward stuff, though. It'd be hot. That dude to put on his flannel onesie in the middle of July. It'd be 90 degrees, dude. You're going to catch on fire. And then in the middle of the winter, he put on shorts and a T-shirt. Shorts. Like, this is when you go put the like, flannel pajamas like, dude, on. You, you're like a baby that don't know his night from day. You put the flannel on in the winter, and you put the shorts and T-shirt on in the summer. <laughs> this this That's dude, boys for <laughs> This dude was up there. When I tell you, wrapped up. I, I'm look, I said, do you have the camera on? So the class probably heard me because I don't know if he had the mic on. And I was like, if you don't take that off. Because it's like, I can't imagine being a virtual teacher right now. Like, pay attention. This is hard enough. And then I'm looking at you, sleep, one, or wrapped up or eating. Like my friend Diane, she's teaching second grade. <laughs> so she said she had to... Put one of the students in the meeting. What's it called? The the waiting room, mm-hmm. in Zoom, because they just going to town eating in the class. And she said, "I've already told them, do not eat and drink during my class time. We have a window of time that you take breaks. We have a window of time for lunch, but do not eat during my class." And she's like, "This student every day wants to eat, and just going to town eating." So, she said, one of the students was like, "Um." Miss Teacher, um, why did you put such and such in the waiting room? And they're like, she was like, because we have class rules. And they don't follow the rules. They have to get out of my class. And so she was like, it's just a shame that I have to still discipline kids via Zoom. Oh. Because they don't want to listen because think, they feel like they're at home. I think we didn't see all type of little videos that even came out now. Ooh. I didn't see one where this boy was like, shut the F up, miss. The teacher was like, kick him out. Told like the mm-hmm. pair to kick him out. And then next thing you know, the boy came back. <laughs> the boy came back to the me and was like, you tried to kick me out? Freak, you talk. You know how they be like, mm-hmm. you talking about. She kicked him out again. He came back. She was like, she was like, he keeps on coming back. She was like, well, every time he come back, kick him out. And it was like little stuff like that. I couldn't imagine That's frustrating. being a teacher because you can say, call security, call to get the principal, go to the principal's well, that's office. That's real life. That happens in class. I mean, every uh, every parent needs to be appreciative of teachers and administrators because it's no joke. And I mean, we all, I mean, I'm an educator and I'm telling you, like, I'm like, y'all can go back to school <laughs> because 
it's a lot, especially because it's not my my full time career anymore to like teach. So I'm like, okay, I'm tired, but no. So my sister told me about a friend of hers is teaching and was holding his class, you know, and he's teaching. And the mother gets out the shower, walks by, Uh-oh. going into the bedroom, Uh-oh. butt naked. The t- who? The mother of the student. Wow. Just walks right on by the camera, butt naked. And I was like, so, like, how do you have that conversation? Yeah. What do you say? Is it like, Miss Williams, um, so earlier today. Uh, Miss Williams, you need to shave. Dude, seriously. She probably do. I can't. Earlier today, the whole class saw you naked. So can you please make sure that you um are um <laughs> can you please make sure that you are um um mindful of the camera being on and us being in class? Wow. Cause see, depending on the grade of the kids, that gets out of control. Oh heck yeah. Because if that's middle school, Mike, it's a look rap. at your mom. <laughs> it's Ain't a your mama pretty? She got meatballs in. <laughs> it's, it's a wrap. It's over. So, yeah, completely crazy. Okay, I got one more thing that I want to ask. Bicky, Bicky, give me one more thing. Or my, my. Let's talk about this. Like we're really talking about this. Mm-hmm. You don't like to be rubbed on. Mm-hmm. And rubbed on when? You tell me. You say at night. But, I mean, I'm a pretty affectionate person. Yes or no? Yes, you are. Okay. So, I'm constantly touching on you. I'm constantly rubbing your head. I'm constantly rubbing your hands. I'm I'm a toucher. You're not quite a touch. You want to touch at ter- certain times of the hours of day. Okay? But I'm a toucher all day. Mm-hmm. So, yesterday, I don't know what time it was, but it was late. You came up. You were on your phone. We were chilling. I was finishing up watching something. And I'm rubbing on your chest, I think. Right? Mm. Or your shoulder or something. I don't know. Anyway, I'm rubbing on you. On my chest. And you like. No, no, no. I didn't push your hand away. I grabbed your hand and you yanked it away. You grabbed it and said what? This, this, okay. You grabbed it and said what? I said, babe. You know what time it is. No, you said, why do you like to do this? Or, like, for me, and I don't understand what you don't get because we've had this conversation and you was like, oh, I'm glad we had this conversation. And now that explains it. We've had this conversation and I think you get frustrated because it, you do it out of habit. No, I do on, it. Hold on. It's not so, just out of habit. It's like, that is my, it's my touch to you. That's my signal to you. But, but the Hello? thing is. No, sometimes you do it just to do it. It ain't no. It ain't always just a sick. It's affection. It's affection, but after a certain time for me, and it's not even. It's when I get sleepy and I'm ready to go to bed. I don't want to be rubbed on. You can touch me, don't rub me. And the reason why, and I've told you this multiple times, and I thought it was a revelation. So the fact that you forgot, when I get tired, especially like if I'm out and about and I'm driving or. I need to keep myself You're gonna up. You're going to your head and everything I rub, else. I rub mm-hmm. myself to annoy myself. Like, I rub my head. I'll, I'll rub my face. I'll rub something to keep myself awake. So, when I'm trying to go to sleep or I'm, I'm like, 
I'm in that stage of long blinks and you start rubbing on me, I instantly get annoyed because I'm like, I was just about to go to sleep and rubbing me keeps me awake. But you wasn't about to go to sleep. You was you had your phone in your no, hand. No, I didn't. I put my phone down because you was watching something and I put my phone down and I was looking at whatever you was looking at. And you know. Right. So and, you weren't sleep. I wasn't Your sleep, eyes weren't closed. But I was, I was preparing myself well i'm not no mind reader you didn't make no announcement that you was preparing yourself to go to sleep so we sitting there we were just no because we were sitting there talking we were just sitting there talking like this is how you'll do we'll be sitting there talking 30 seconds later you might be asleep maybe or you'll say i'm not asleep my eyes just closed whatever so for me i'm not really looking at your face i'm just like got my hand over laying on you like rubbing you not realizing, okay, ding, 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 ding. He just, his eyelids just went down like a half an inch like 20 seconds ago. And the thing is, so I, like, ain't already took I ain't off. paying that no attention. And you know, when I take my glasses off, for those who don't know, I do wear contacts. So how does that lead to, how does that lead to um, sex? If you don't want to be touched, and that is my signal of me rubbing you and touching you and then you don't you get frustrated and want to have you don't want to be touched how does that lead to having sex it's gonna be some rubbing and touching involved and you don't have to like make an announcement like we're not announcing okay let's have sex right now one thing leads to another so when you close that door i'm like okay f it all right go to sleep last night we you was you was doing your thing, I was doing my thing. We was kind of talking in the middle of both of us doing our own thing. I set my phone down, I took my glasses off, and I'm laying there, kind of like waiting to doze off. Okay, but I'm not no mind reader. I wasn't in your head. You, if you will let me finish. Mm-hmm. So, and we've had this discussion multiple times. So it wasn't for me. I wasn't reading your mind. Like, oh. You're in that mode. To me, it was, this is something that you do a lot that I have to, sometimes I grab your hand. I don't never push it away. It's just like I just kind of grab it to make it steal. Like, you can touch me right now. I'm kind of like in that. I'm long, bleak, and ready to go to sleep. So that's what that was last night. It was I grabbed your hand to kind of like stop you from rubbing because I'm like, I feel myself letting go like, like, I'm about to pass out, and then you're rubbing me, and it's like, that's going to wake me back up. Well, just kiss me and say goodnight. And then that's like the best signal possible. Okay, he's going to sleep, sleep. I mean, if you're that tired that you want to reject any type of um, affection, then just say, I'm about to go to sleep, goodnight. Kiss, goodnight, and roll over and go to sleep. I hear what you're saying. I don't think you're hearing what I'm saying. I heard what you're saying. You're saying that, that, that when is, you are when nothing. you're on the wind down and you're ready to go to sleep, you don't like to be rubbed and massaged and touched. And what I'm saying is I wasn't paying attention to your eyeballs because we were both facing the TV and I was laying on you, rubbing you. So I didn't realize all these different cues that happened, I guess, leading up to that. For me to look at you and be like, oh, he has sleep. Don't rub him right now. But I didn't realize it's so cue. unnatural. But I didn't realize a cue from you either because that's something that you do often. Exactly. So, so if I that, do it often and if it leads to anything, then it's like, but it, a lot shouldn't of time, you know? But no, no, no. That's something that you do often, not leading to anything because it's a habit for you to be affectionate like that. And there's times where I'm like, 
you know what? I'm going to grab your hand to stop you from rubbing me. Letting, Not that I'm letting you know. It's kind of like because of our conversations, you know, when I'm ready to go to sleep and I do that, that's annoying to me because it's going to keep me up. So I'll kind of like take your hand and I'll hold it to stop you from rubbing. And that's kind of like I'm about to pass out. But if you rubbing me right now, eh. So last night, I didn't see it as no signal because we cuddle a lot. Like we And I'll rub you while we cuddle. Not all the time. And, and when, when you do, sometimes I grab your hand to make it still. And then you be like, oh, yeah, I forgot. That's all well, that was. You missed out last night is all I'm going to say. Because I'm like, okay, cool. F it. Good night. Just saying. So, all that real truth TMI on the podcast because I was, I'm like, seriously? I'm not looking at your face at all. I'm laying on your chest, rubbing you, and we were just talking like 10 seconds ago, watching TV. So. But you know, I could pass out very quick. The same way you want me to know all this about you. There are certain things you should know about me, too. So, I'm just saying, it's not like a one-way street. So, it can't be just always about you. And but you didn't communicate it to me, so I didn't know. I mean, a lot of stuff is nonverbal communication. And it's like, the the nonverbal is me touching you, and we just got done talking that, 10 seconds ago. But you do that a lot. Okay. And it doesn't mean anything, but just you being affectionate doesn't mean like, hey, I'm in that mood. It's just, that's something that you do. Sometimes we could be driving and you'll just grab me and it'd be like, what are you? Or you'll just tap me for no reason. I'll be like, huh? You'll be like, oh, I ain't want nothing. Be like, then why are you tapping me? I'm rubbing me? you. I'm not just tapping you. No, like, you act like I'm like doing no, the two year old tap. No, sometimes you tap me and I turn around like, are you trying to get my attention? You'll be like, oh, no, I was just touching you. And I'll be like, what the heck was Bottom that? Bottom line is, I I'm think sometimes I you're think you, not. I think it drives you, me crazy I a lot of touch, times. I think you touch me a lot of times and don't realize the way you're touching me. And you might be like, I'm rubbing on you. To me, it was like you was tapping me. And I'm like, are you trying to get my attention? And I'll turn around and be like, oh, no. I just want to touch you. And I'll be like, oh, I thought you was tapping me. Yeah, I sound get just my, like that. To get my attention. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's still a communication thing. Because for me, I'm, yeah. Like like you said, sometimes you don't realize some things unless I tell you. Sometimes I don't realize some things until you tell me. I didn't realize it last night. Okay. I just looked at it as a habit. Like, here she goes. She knows this is like the time. And that's the thing. It's like it wasn't like she know. Like, oh, my, you know. This We've is had the get conversation. On, this is going to get on his nerves in this moment. Because, again, my back is facing you. And I'm not. I know, but that's the reason why I said I didn't. So it's like, then when do I touch you? When do I when do I touch you? Is it a certain time of the day? Like, okay, don't touch me after eleven o'clock. Don't rub me after midnight. Don't rub me after nine o'clock. Like, when is that? Because it's going to happen. It's a natural thing, like to reach over and rub somebody. It's natural. So it's like, okay, well, it's twelve o one. Don't touch Terrence right now. It's like. Tell me. So after 6 o'clock, is, is touching time over? Tell me what you That's want. That's all I'm saying. Tell me Very hard. what you need. You're, you're, you can be not the easiest sometimes, but I'm trying. I'm trying to get the cue, trying to it be natural and 
respect your boundaries at the same time. But we've had this conversation. Before. And we've had this conversation many times too. Okay. As if we never, you're saying it as if we've never no, had No, I'm just saying like, we did not have it to the extent of like, okay, this is the defined time. Don't touch me. You want me to read between the lines of when, you, when you're sleepy and when you're not. And what I'm saying is that's not always possible. So it's like it's easier for you to just set a time frame to say, don't touch me after 11 unless we're going to have sex. Like, because it's like it can just happen. But I've communicated in ways by when you do it, I grab your hand to make it still kind of like, okay. And I've stopped, right? Mm-hmm. So just like yesterday, last night, you grab my hand. I'm like, okay, cool. F it. But how was I supposed to know what you wanted? How would you know what I want when you didn't stop me midway? So it's like. You always rub on my leg or on my chest. So last night was no different from any other night to not for we're me not, not to know. We're not going to solve this. But I guess I was just trying to figure out, like, is there a certain time window? Is it a window of time that you want me to respect? Because That was one of those things, simply, if you would have said something, then I would have known. Well, that blows the whole mood. Who wants to talk about it? Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm rubbing you so we can. We can be intimate tonight. Like, no, it's just like, okay. It's like, rev up the engine. Rev up, rev up. But I'm like, hey, My engine sorry. don't, you, you cool. got to put the key in the ignition. You can't just put Anyhow, the Anyhow, okay, touch that's my the ch- cue. You can't just touch my chest and me know what, you, know what you want because you touch my chest a lot. Okay. And sometimes when it's spiky, okay, you're not shaved. Okay, if you say so, okay. Sometimes they're taco meat. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm DJ Dorsey. I'm Maya Dorsey. And this is another edition of the Dorsey Den Podcast. Until next time. <laughs> Hi.